This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 44 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there, Mr. Bob Lucius. Bob. Rick Verbanis asks, are you excited for our Q&A? Is that the first question of the evening, Rick? It is. All right. Well, that's, uh, I didn't, I didn't prepare for that one. So you've caught me off guard. Uh, it's going pretty well, actually. Uh, I have been uh, really looking forward to uh, tonight's, uh, tonight's episode because I had opportunity to see some of the questions, but I anticipate some zingers that maybe I wasn't anticipating, maybe some phone-ins or some emails, or mm -hmm. maybe someone will show up at the front door uh, yeah. with an, an Uber will drop them off or they'll knock on the door with a question. I don't know, but I'm excited about this. Yeah, this is great. You know, when we uh, we when we thought of this, threw this idea out there a few weeks ago, uh, I you know because I listen to other podcasts that are not comic related. I listen to you know things and and he had his, his, his Q and A show, and I was like, you know, we got to do that, right? I mean, God knows we have a a great uh, a great uh, listener base, but we also have a great you know Facebook group, you know, with four thousand. Uh, Captain America fans. So uh, you guys responded. You guys, you guys threw some great questions out there, and uh, this is going to be a lot of fun going through this. Now, Bob, you have said this before, but I think it bears repeating. Bob and I are not experts on Captain America. <laughs> we that just does bear really, repeating. Yeah, we just really, really like Captain America. Um, you know, I mean, we're, there are going to be people out there that have so much better knowledge on Captain America. And I have no doubt yeah. that on some of these questions, we may get wrong and we may get challenged. Yeah. Um, that's why we're going to try to stick to the opinion questions as yeah. much as possible because Bob and I are not not uh, shy about expressing our opinions. Yeah, I, I'm definitely the guy. If you want to play Stump the Chump, I'm the guy you want to play against. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So here we are. Definitely. Yeah. Because you're, you're going to win. Uh, so uh, after the fact, after I've sat and thought about the question, I'll come up with the right answer. But in the moment, yeah, I'll say something off the top of my head that undoubtedly somebody will catch me on. So, Are you one of those guys that um, lays in bed at night and says, you know, when that person said this to me, I should have said <laughs> this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I relive those moments. Yeah. Oh, do you? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'll wake up my wife and I'll, I'll replay the conversation with her. And then she'll <laughs> tell me to shut up and go back to sleep. So nice. Well, that's the beauty of, uh, you know, so, so for, for those who don't know the, the behind the scenes on what happens here. So, so Bob and I, we, we put together our calendar, you know, like a month ahead of time. We try to figure out, you know, who, who our guests are going to be and what our topics are going to be for the, uh, 
the other shows? You know, what, what's, what stories do we want to cover? Let me go through that. And then, um, you know, we go a little back and forth and we try to, we try to be, you know, make it equal. We try to be like, ah, oh, well, we did a seventies comic. Let's do a nineties comic or let's do an eighties or let's do a 2010 or whatever. And so we try to balance it out. And, um, you know, so we, we go through that. Then, then when it comes time for our, let's say we're reviewing an eighties comic, right? Um, we both read it ahead of time, come up with some thoughts some questions. And then when it comes time, Bob and I will sit here and, and we chat like we are right now. Right. And, uh, then, and then Bob's done. Bob moves on. Yeah, I move on. I forget whatever had just happened. I try to, and, I try to, then, I try to forget about it. And then Rick, <laughs> Rick relives the conversation over and over again because, because Rick edits these. And there is a lot of editing. Oh, you have no idea, Bob. Yeah. You yeah. have no idea the hours that I put in behind the scenes here. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little uh, sob story. So the last episode we recorded uh, was, was 42 because we recorded our interview with John Beatty a little earlier. That was last week. If you haven't listened to the uh, 43 with John Beatty, go listen to it. Great, great conversation with a longtime legendary anchor of Captain America. But anyway, so we recorded before the last one we recorded was uh, 42, which was um, the Captain America 265, 266. And we, Bob and I had way too much fun in that episode. Uh, there was a lot of side tangents yeah. a lot of uh this makes me think of this and <laughs> and so it was a two-hour podcast when i yeah. got a hold of it now i i trimmed it down to an hour and 46 minutes for two issues that's mm-hmm. ridiculous but anyway i hope you guys had as much fun listening yeah. to it as, as as we did recording it but i have to tell you bob so to re- to edit a two-hour podcast takes three hours sure right? yeah So I have to go through it again and write it. So now here's the thing. Now, Anchor is the uh, our host for the podcast, and they have this particular. Let's just say issue that I have experienced from time to time, and that is when I go in and I edit something, uh, I make cuts. Right. And if and, and there's a lot, let's just just if you can visualize a rope. Okay, right. And the rope has an ending and has a a beginning and an ending. Right. And so along the way, I'll make some some cuts and, and, you know, take stuff out where uh, inevitably I say something stupid uh, or I fumble on a word or or uh, whatever. And and so then that just makes the rope shorter. Okay, right. Because they just magically connect and it makes it shorter. Now. The issue that comes up sometimes is that when I go to save um, all the cuts on that rope are now in different order. So the three hours of editing I did is now it's like, I have a choice. I can start over and do the entire thing from scratch again on my Sunday afternoon Uh or I can go in and re-listen to things and then cut where they're supposed to go and then somehow figure out to put them back together in order, which takes about half the time. So my editing 
of that podcast took me four and a half hours. <laughs> That's not something that does. It seems like something you don't want to do if you are uh, even slightly intoxicated. Dear Lord. Yeah. Uh, so I hope everybody else there out there enjoyed that podcast because we did. We had a lot of laughs. We had a lot of fun. And it was, listen, I didn't mind listening to it a second, a third, a fourth time. <laughs> but anyway, then, then what do I do after that? Well, I then have to uh, save it and schedule it. And uh, it goes out through all our different platforms. I then create the posts on our Facebook group. We also are on Twitter and on Instagram, but we don't have any followers. But uh, I then do those. And then I, I then post those and then i take those and i go onto various facebook groups and i'm like hey you should listen to this podcast right and i post them there so then several more hours gets involved with uh with promoting the podcast yeah. all the while dear listeners bob pops moved on <laughs> blissfully unaware i think is, is the phrase you're searching for uh, yeah. Or Rick, he's out in front of uh, he's out in front of the grocery store with one of those sandwich boards, you know, shilling the uh, the podcast, and you know, I'm laying by the pool, uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. So uh, anyway, that that's uh, that's the little behind the scenes uh, how they make the sausage. Um, but uh, and and by the way, we picked up Bob a fifth a fifth uh, patron of the series. Hot dog. We I are, do. I want. We're, hey, we're shout 20%. out! Shout out to our uh, our buddy, good our good buddy Seth Tally. Seth, all right. Seth uh, is a, a member of our Facebook group, and by the way, Seth is also a former employee of mine. When I had my comic book store, he worked at my comic book store. You, you got. You're kidding me. I'm not. Wow. And Seth Seth became a very good friend, and he and still associates with you. I so know. That's a good sign. Well, <laughs> I don't know if all my employees would probably say that. I ran a tight ship, but uh, but Seth became a very good friend, and uh, so we we appreciate your support, Seth. So Absolutely. now we're up to five patrons, uh, which uh, helps helps with the costs. And Bob, let me tell you, I'm not ready to announce yet. No, okay, not ready to announce yet. Yeah. But we've got a super cool premium that we are going to give away to uh, to patrons, people who support. And this is going to be something that you guys are going to be like, wow. Yeah. Now, now it's, it's mega bucks. It's going to cost a lot of money, but we figure it's, it's, it's worth doing and you guys will love. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. if you, if you want to pitch in a few bucks a month, uh, you can go to our anchor page. The link is in, uh, any of our podcast notes or on our Facebook, right? You can go in and uh, and support us. Um, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that we're going to start um, giving away to to our our patrons uh, as a as a show of sign of uh, of a thank you. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. With more details yeah. to come. Yeah. You don't want to be you know you want to be the first one on your block to uh, to be showing off these premiums. So exactly. All right, Bob. So we so. We should probably just get into the Q and A. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, okay. We've never yeah. done this before, so I really don't know how we're going to do this. But, um, but how about this? Um, I'll ask a question from one of our listeners, and then you can ask me a question. Okay. And we'll go back and forth. 
Mm. All right. So are we under oath or something? Should we, should we, uh, is there something we have to do to, uh, to prepare for this? No, uh, I, I guess we just go, right? We're yeah, just going to go. We're okay. going to go. And, right. and just, also, Hey, everybody, remember, uh, we're not experts. <laughs> okay. We're uh, opinionated amateurs. Very opinionated All amateurs. Right. Yes. Okay. All right, Bob. I think this one's perfect for you. All right. Now, for, for our listeners who aren't aware, uh, Bob has a very distinguished military career where he spent 25 years uh, in the Marines. So, Bob, I think this is a great question for you. And this comes from uh, one of our Facebook members, Frank Delgado. He asks, did Steve get the rank of captain automatically just because of the super soldier program? Wow. You know, it's not the first time I've heard that question, Rick. You know, I know we uh, this gets raised every now and again in the uh, the Captain America comic book fans uh, Facebook group. Right. And so I've I've had the occasion to, to think about this before. And it's not an easy it's not an easy. Well, I guess it is an easy question to answer. And I guess the short answer for me would be uh, I don't think so. And let me tell you why. All right. So uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh or maybe they just sort of know the broad sort of uh, broad picture, right? but there's the enlisted ranks and then there's the officer ranks and, and they have, they serve two different purposes, right? So the enlisted ranks are mostly technical. They're the folks that actually know how to get stuff done. And then there's the officer ranks, and the off- <laughs> right? And the officer ranks are, you know, they're supposed to be leading and managing and sort of directing and strategizing and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so, but the, the sort of how you get to be, an officer or how you become an enlisted are really completely different. So we know that Steve Rogers, right, was enlisted as a private, uh, entered the Project Rebirth, and, and shortly thereafter was promoted to private first class. If you go back to, I think it was, what, Captain America 215, he is, he's depicted as a private first class. How he got the moniker Captain America has, you know, been portrayed differently in different, uh, different times, different origin stories. But, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. For those of us who don't know, um, at what level are you considered an officer? Well, that's a good question, Rick, right? So the officer ranks go from uh, an 01, which would be a second lieutenant in the, uh, in the Air Force or the Army and the Marines, uh, or an ensign in the Navy, right? That's, the, that's sort of the entry-level rank. So all the E ranks, E1 up through Sergeant Major, uh, um, fall in the office, uh, the enlisted ranks. And of course, there's the staff non-commissioned officer ranks, which is sort of the bridge between the enlisted force and the officer force. But, but generally, to become an officer has some basic qualifications. Uh, and one of them is advanced education, right? So you have to have a degree and you have to either go through one of the service academies or an ROTC program, or perhaps you've had a degree and then you can get a direct commission uh, from the enlisted ranks into the officer ranks. But the one sort of other category is this, this concept of a battlefield commission. And this is where, you know, potentially, right, Steve Rogers, maybe they gave him a battlefield commission because it was during World War II. There was another famous soldier in American history that received a battlefield promotion. He was a staff sergeant and got promoted to second lieutenant on the battlefield, a guy by the name of Audie Murphy. You might have heard of him. 
uh, no, the most decorated soldier in American history. He also became a movie star and filmed in a movie version of his life experience. It's called The Helen Back. Fabulous hmm. movie, right? Oh, yeah. So okay. he, he was, uh, he received a battlefield commission. But the question is, what about Steve Rogers? Uh, nowhere, with one exception in the comics, is it clear to me that he actually ever was uh, given a commission? That is a direct appointment by the President of the United States to care. Now he signed a contract that he was going to be, uh, he's going to get the uniform, he's going to use the shield, he was going to be a symbol of America serving at the discretion of the president until otherwise directed that he wasn't needed anymore. So he did sign a contract. So potentially he could have gotten a commission, but I don't think so. And we, there's no really evidence that I found that at any point, except when he took off the uniform and he became Captain Stephen Rogers. Hmm. And you might've, you're probably familiar with that. I think it was in Dark Avengers and in the Steve Rogers Super Soldier miniseries, mm -hmm. he was Captain Stephen Rogers, not Captain America because he had taken off the uniform and Bucky was wearing it at that point. I thought he was Commander Rogers. You would think that, but in fact, he they referred to him as Captain Rogers. Hmm. In the MCU, we hear Commander Rogers, and they may very well at some other point uh, in his service with S.H.I.E.L.D. use that term. I can't remember off the top of my head. So I guess it comes back to what function did Cap serve? Was he in a command position or was he a mascot of some sort? Now, there is... Uh, plenty of history of folks, uh, <laughs> not folks, people who are given uh, honorary promotions, like uh, Senator Bob Dole, he got an honorary promotion to colonel. But we have mascots in the military, we have dogs and horses that are giving honorary promotions to officer rank. Uh, and and CO rank that. as well. Yeah, of course, the, the mascot of the Marine Corps is a bulldog. And so going all the way back to the 1930s with Sergeant Major Jiggs, and, and currently with Sergeant Chesty, uh, they have an honorary rank. So I think quite honestly that uh, he never actually received a commission and we can't tell from his back pay, right? Because there's not enough details there to tell us exactly what went into that back pay uh, when, uh, when that was written into the cap story. But there was one exception. I mentioned that earlier. Do you know what that one exception was? What is that, Bob? Where he was explicitly given the rank of captain. That was in volume one of What If, num uh, uh, number 44, I believe. Hey, when, we're in episode 44. How about all that? Right, so when, what if Captain America led an army of super soldiers? And that su those super soldiers were the howling commandos that were all given the super soldier serum. It was a two-part uh, two part. Uh, a series of what ifs back to back. That was, it's a great story. But in that he was actually given a commission as a captain and made the commander of this uh, battalion of super soldiers. And that my friends is the only evidence I could find that uh, Cap was ever given the official rank. I think he remained a PFC until his disappearance. That I got to say, Bob, uh, was pretty impressive. And I, I you were hundred percent the right person to ask that question because I got to tell you, Frank, uh, I would have said, um, yeah, probably. <laughs> that would, that would have been and you may answer. well be right. <laughs> that, would, that would have been my answer. Uh, that's a great question though, right? Cause we hear this all the time, but we don't know. I, I don't, there, there may be some evidence in a comic somewhere that this was explicitly called out, but if someone knows, let us know. Cause I want to know what that answer is. All right.
All right. Yeah, let's see, Rick, what do I got for you? Well, let's uh, let's start with something. Let's start with something easy for you. All right. So Mm -hmm. tell me, uh, what's your favorite piece of cap trivia? This is from Grant Baugh. Oh, Grant's one of our uh, our five patrons. Um, Thanks for the question, Grant. Um, Favorite piece of cap trivia. Well, that's, I don't know. Um, I would say, you know, I think, which is more commonplace now that people know this and especially because of social media and, and because we just, you know, recently celebrated uh, Independence Day, um, you know, that Steve Rogers' birthday is July 4th, Independence Day. And I don't think I knew that until a few years ago. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I don't know how I figured it out, like where I read it or whatever. Like, you know, I, I don't know. But, you know, I've been reading co- Captain America comic books for since since the 80s early eighties, you know? So, and it took me until a few years ago to, to figure that out. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it isn't such a well-known piece of trivia, but uh, that's, that's gotta be up there. Yeah. I don't know. Is that, that maybe that's in bicentennial battles. Maybe that's in the treasury edition. I can't remember where I read that either, but you're right. That's, that's not well-known, but uh, yeah. Uh, It's It's an interesting piece of trivia. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I got to correct myself, Rick. Uh, mm-hmm. It was "What If 28, uh, Volume. Oh one, well, then that so. there's totally no synergy there because yeah. that was a yeah. totally different episode. Yeah, sorry, sorry, fates. Okay. <laughs> um. All right, Bob. You know what? Hey, we got someone called in. We have uh, we have a listener who called in. And left a, a left a question. Was it the right number? <laughs> uh, let's take a look. Hey, Rick and Bob, I was just wondering if you could write Cap, what would your run be like? Thank you. Bye. Woo! All right, Bob, if you could write Cap, what would your run be like? And that was that was from uh, also another one of our our patrons, Joshua Van Dyne. So thank you. Uh, Thank you, Josh, for your support of the series. Uh, great question, Bob. It is. And Josh, you know, here, here, and here's why it's a great question. Because I don't know about you, but there have been plenty of times, especially in the last few weeks, where I have seen questions come up about, oh, well, the current series is ending. What's the next volume going to be like for Captain America? And I've seen plenty of people say, Rick and Bob should totally write the next series which yeah. you know that's flattering and thank it you very is. much we yeah. appreciate that i can but... barely write a check yeah <laughs> so bob if you if you could write cap what would your run be like yeah it would be late i can tell you that because <laughs> you know? if there's one thing i've learned from uh it'd be late and it'd be short because if there's anything i've learned from uh from all the interviews we've done with uh with creators uh is the one thing the one thing that will uh will doom your career at marvel is uh, is not getting your work in on time, and I I I I'm a I'm a procrastinator and I'm a perfectionist, and I could see myself laboring over over storylines uh, into the wee hours of the morning and missing deadlines, mm-hmm. and so I think it'd be a very very short run for me. But uh, but I got to tell you, Rick, you know uh, we've had this discussion before, 
and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big idea person. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I, and what I mean by that is I enjoy the, I enjoy action. I enjoy fights. I enjoy all that sort of stuff. But what I really get off on is, uh, is the deep thinking stories. Right. And so for me, uh, if I were going to write a run of cap, it would, it would definitely the whole theme of the entire run and, and the various arcs within that run would have to be following some theme that gets you to think and Mm -hmm. wrestle with complex issues. And, and I know that's not always popular, but that's just the sort of thing that I really enjoy. And so I don't know what that would look like, but I know that that's where I would want to go. Excellent. I like that. I'd, I'd read that Bob. Well, thank you. Thank you, Rick. I'm going to get to work on it. Right, I'm going to get to work on it right away. Okay. So, how about you? What about you, man? Well, I I think I would do the same thing as you as far as have a general theme um, that you know encompasses the whole thing. Um, but I would probably, and again, I, I'm like you. You know, hey, you got to have your action. You got to have your your big events, things like that. But when people not that people ask me this, but if, <laughs> if people were to ask me, hey, Rick, who's your favorite fictional character of all time? My answer is, of all time, Steve Rogers. And not Captain America, it's Steve Rogers. Right. right. So I would want to have my story be something that shows Steve Rogers as the person. Um, you know, I go back to some of the stories that I really enjoyed reading and they were stories that involved Steve uh, building relationships with his neighbors and building relationships with his friends and having a love interest and, and something outside of just the next adventure um, or not outside, but in, in addition to, right. right, I, right. I, I would, I would want to, to see that side of Steve. Um, I, you know, I, I'd want to see Steve have fun, you know. Um, I, I I know one of the one of the pieces of, of uh, art that I have uh, a commission that I have that that you really liked, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Was, it was the one with um, that was done by Phil Noto, uh, who's a superb artist, and he's never really done Captain America, and I I tend to stick with Captain America commissions by Captain America artists, but I really like Phil Noto, and I I I saw something that he had done. Uh, about uh, it was almost like black and white photographs of of the 60s and 70s and I saw this one particular image of Cap speaking and he's out of focus but Sharon Carter is there sitting next to him on the couch and she's just mesmerized by him and you could see the respect and the love that she has for him and I said I want something like that and so he drew this, this, I, I asked for a, a, uh, cap Steve, uh, and Sharon coming back from a mission. So they're both in uniform, but Steve's got his mask off and he's walking and he's got his arm around Sharon and Sharon's looking up at him and, and, you know, just with that, that same look of respect and love. And Steve has a big smile on his face and you really, really, really like that that piece of art. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's the kind of moments that I want to have in my story. That's the kind of, um, you know, and, and trust me, 
there definitely would be some soapboxes, right? There would definitely yeah. be some times where Steve would give a, a monologue. Yeah. That's that's a given. I would totally have that in my story. But um, but I'd, I'd have those tender moments as well because, because, you know, it's the man behind the mask. It's the it, the man that, um, you know, without the super soldier serum that that I respect and I, I, I love reading about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nicely put. Nicely put. Yeah, the humanizing uh, aspect of, of Steve uh, really adds a level of complexity. And I think that makes for great storytelling. Absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, since you're talking about original art, Rick, um, tell me, this This is from Ralph Werner. Um, oh, Ralph. Yeah, Ralph's uh, a big contributor. To Ralph the gave as a well. ton of questions. We're going to get to several of his. <laughs> yeah. Sure did. Uh, so, what's your what's your Grail Cap original art piece? Okay, so um, so for original art, right? Uh, this this uh, generally refers to something that you know uh, an artist had done. That you know, there's only one of them right out there, right? It's original. It's it's a one of a kind. Um, it most of the time it refers to something that's published. So it could be uh, a page from a comic or a cover or something like that. Um, but it also can include a commission, right? Um, yeah. So I would go, now I've been very fortunate. I started collecting original art when I finished collect, when I finished my cap run, right? I, I, I got cap 100 to current. I got Tales of Suspense 58 through 99. And I had a choice, Bob. I could, I could, I could go Golden Age because I don't have any issues of Golden Age. They're very expensive. Um, or I could go original art which is also very expensive. And I decided to go original art um, because I wanted to get pieces of, of comics that I loved. Right. And so I've been very fortunate. I have, uh, you know, ha a half a dozen, I don't, I don't have a huge collection uh, by, by any means. Uh, but I, you know, I have a half a dozen pages or so. Uh, I don't own a cover um, other than a Mike Zek fanzine, which is one of my favorite pieces that I got earlier this year. So I would love to get a cover. Yeah. And and if I could pick any cover of Captain America, it's a toss-up. Both are by Mike Zek. Okay. Right. Um 286. 286. Which is the infamous uh Deathlock cover where oh, yeah. Deathlock's got his his gun up and he's got cap in his scopes. I see right? that right behind you, actually. Uh, yeah, I'll well printed that. Yeah, and then I, um, and that has sentimental value to me because that that's the first Cap comic that I bought that I picked up that I got on a regular basis, and I I haven't stopped since. So two two eighty six uh, is when I started my run, and and again I've never stopped. So that has sentimental value, but I also really really love two seventy five. Uh, two seventy five is the um, uh, we did a, a podcast uh, episode on that. It's it's it's, uh, it's got Baron Zemo in it, but. It's a yellow background where Cap's holding his shield up and he's getting fired on and he's looking up as bullets are coming down on him and he's mm -hmm. kind of got this, you know, battle face looking. Uh, that's just a stunning uh, cover. So um, if I could have either of those, um, and, and let me tell you, we're talking mega bucks, yeah. right? right? Like I, yeah. I, I couldn't afford those if I, if I wanted to, but, but, um, but those would be my grail. And, and look, I want to do a shout out to artist Mike Perkins. 
Mike, I don't know if you're listening, but uh, Mike has been a guest on the show. Um, Mike is also a contributor in our, our Facebook group. But Mike had a nice little run on uh, during the Ed Brubaker comics uh, as a uh, penciler and an sure anchor. Did, yeah. Um, and then he, uh, he also was a penciler for a, uh, a two-year run on Deathlock series. And so um, he, he went ahead and recreated the cover to 286. Um, then, um, you know, so I, I, I got that. So I have a re- recreation of 286 um, by Mike Perkins, uh, which is the closest thing I'm probably ever going to get to the real thing. Well, but- Rick, don't say that because I wrote 286 and 275 down. And, uh, and I didn't want to share this on the podcast, but <laughs> well, I, I feel, I feel, a, I feel, uh, I got some good news for you because I, recent, an, uh, imp- I got, some, I got some emails recently from some relatives I didn't know I had in Nigeria uh-huh. and it looks like I'm going to be coming into quite a bit of money. And so I'm at least I, I'm going to hook you up, brother. So, oh, wow. it's uh, just an, I, I knew it. It's an Oprah Winfrey moment. It's, it is. Uh, it I, is. I, Look under your seat, man. <laughs> <laughs> so just stand by. This, it's going to take a while for this to unfold, I think. But uh, but I, I think some good things are going to be happening. Awesome. All right, Bob. Uh, you know what? We're, we're going to stick with Ralph Werner All right. because he's got some great questions. OK. Yes, he does. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll we'll start we'll we'll start with some of this the uh, the non cap ones. Uh, Tiger Beat wants to know who's dreamier, Rick or Bob? Ah, uh, you know, it's like you do like vanilla, do you like strawberry, do you like chocolate? I mean, right? Different strokes for different folks. People, come on! Uh, uh, yeah, do you like tall, dark, and handsome, or short, bald guy? <laughs> All right. He also asks uh, Ginger or Marianne. Oh, I'm, I am definitely, uh, I'm definitely a Marianne sort of guy. Oh, uh, me too. Yeah. yeah I think, yeah. I think most of us are. Yeah. I, but, I, the, yeah. but the reality is, uh, let's face it, right. Uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So <laughs> hey, listen, yeah. If you're on an Island, <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Howell's looking good. That's right. <laughs> yes, indeed. Lovey. Uh, all right. So here, here's, uh, here's a Captain America one from, from Ralph Warner. All right, Thunderdome. Oh yeah. Now, now I'm thinking our listeners will will know because they're of a certain age. They know the Thunderdome, right? Mm-hmm. Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome. Oh yeah. That was the third third movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Of yeah. Uh, Road Warrior, right? Yeah. So uh, so Matt, uh, so the Thunderdome uh, is basically, well, Tina Turner would know best, but you know, hey, two in. One leaves. Yeah. Right. There's, there's, that's it. That's it. And so he wrote Thunderdome, the Tumblr versus Doughboy. One leaves, <laughs> one does not. Who makes it? Yeah, that's an easy one, Rick. You know, you know where, first of all, uh, I need to point out that I was, I, I brought up Thunderdome in my class at the university uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, I asked these science fiction. Uh, movie trivia questions, you know, and I give prizes, man. I give actual prizes. Yeah. Nobody, nobody had even heard of Thunderdome. Oh my God. I know. But they're all what? They're all like 19, 20, 18. 20, 21. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's just ridiculous, you know, but, but in any case, the, the question at hand, Tumblr 
Now I'm assuming he's talking about the original Tumblr, right? I, I'm assuming he's talking about <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. John Robert Keane, right? The original bad guy uh, Tumblr, because his his younger brother, uh, I think it was what was it, Michael, Michael Keane. He he was really a good guy at heart. He was just trying to correct a wrong. He ended up actually working with Cap uh, to undo a wrong that had been perpetrated against his family. But the original Tumblr, I mean, he couldn't hold a candle to Doughboy. I mean, for, for crimity's sakes, Doughboy stood up against what? Cap how many times? He stood up against Thor. He fought the Thunderbolts. He even went up against Brock Rumlow, right? And, uh, and he, came out, he came out each time. Uh, he may have come out in, in pieces, but he found a way to pull it back together again and, mm-hmm. uh, and soldier on. And uh, God, he even made it to Dimension Z for, for crying out loud. So yeah, Doughboy, I think, wins every time. Uh, I, I definitely. Now, I'm passionate. I'm a passionate Doughboy supporter. I love dough. I'm like <laughs> all sorts of bread. And so, you know, I, maybe I'm just I'm blinded by his personality and charm. But I, I just I got to be in Doughboy's corner. Well, that was that was a given. I think I think Ralph was kissing up. <laughs> uh, because he knows you much, how much you love Doughboy, and I think he just had to find a, a way to throw it in. Personally, oh. personally, I'm going to go with the Tumblr. <laughs> well, come on, come on, Bob. He's just he's going to tumble away. He tumbles for you, man. That's that's what he does. He tumbles yeah. away. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If if Tom is listening, Tom Bravort's listening. I want a Doughboy miniseries. <laughs> That's it. All right, if I'm not going to go, go bold or go home. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you and Primus. All right. So, um, all right. That, yeah, there you go. Now it's your turn to ask me something. All right. All right. All right. Let me, uh, let's see. Let me, uh, let me think to myself, put on my thinking cap. Oh, I get and... a cap. That's funny. <laughs> All right, here's one from a long-term member of the group and fellow moderator, a guy who does a lot of work helping keep things on the straight and narrow in the group, good old Heath Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we love Heath. We love Heath. Yeah, now Heath, Heath's one of our moderators, and you're right, we got to give him and, and Daniel, Daniel a shout-out yeah. um, because, guys, we get – I don't know. I, I, I can't remember the statistics. We, we approve, I don't know, 500 posts a month. Yeah. And yeah, like 4,000 right. comments. I mean, guys, this is. Some of you don't make it easy. <laughs> some of you don't make it easy. Most of you do. And we love you. <laughs> Indeed. So from Heath, Heath wants to know, and this yeah. is a great question, right? Uh, because I think we all think about this, but if you could give Cap one superpower, what would it be and why? Hmm. Heath, that's a great question, uh, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, I'm going to do a cop-out here, Bob, because he said if you could oh, give Cap any one superpower. Loophole. There's a and, loophole. And, and I'm going to say, yeah, you know, and listen. If he if he held my feet to the fire and he said, "You have to give Cap a superpower," what would it be? Uh, but I he didn't. So he said, "If you could give Cap a superpower, what would it be?" And I'm going to go with nothing because that's one of the things I love about Cap. Now, okay, sure, you could argue he has the super soldier serum, uh, which 
gives them, you know, advanced uh, ability, agility, speed, strength, endurance. True. Uh, peak human condition is what, what they say, right? So he, he's not like somebody who can, you know, uh, lift 5,000 pounds. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, for me, I've always been attracted to characters that I can relate to better. So my favorite Marvel characters, I mean, obviously Cap's number one. Um, and then a distant second is, is Daredevil. Of course, you could argue, well, he has radar sense, but still, he, you know, he's, he's not like Thor or Hulk or right. Superman, yeah. right? Um, you know, and then for DC, you know, it's been Batman, it's been Dick Grayson, you know, so I, I more, I like the more relatable characters. Mm -hmm. So to give Cap a superpower would make him less relatable to me. And so I'm going to cop out here. I'm going to say, you know, you said, if you could give Cap anyone's superpower, uh, and I'm going to say I'm not going to give him one. Wow. Wow. Well, you're right. That is a cop-out. But I think it's well-reasoned. <laughs> it's a great rationale. I was going to say, like, scream with the power of the Liberty Bell. But, you know, I think uh, now in retrospect, I like yours much better. So I think uh, that was well-argued. All right. Oh, we got another, uh, another call-in, Bob. We got another call-in. Uh, this one is from... Uh, uh, Ash, uh, Ash has been, uh, you, you, you know what, for those who, um, uh, may not recall, uh, Ash has been a guest on the podcast. Um, she was part of when we were doing those Falcon and winter soldier reactions, she was on episode, uh, one of that, uh, where she came in as a guest and re uh, react. So, um, Ash called in and she has, uh, this question. Hey y'all, it's Ash. My question is, if y'all could pitch a Cap comic to Marvel, what kind of story would you write and what characters would you include in it? And have either of you ever thought about doing this or actually written a Cap comic? Let us know. Okay, so great question, Ash. It's multi-segment there. So so uh, Joshua Van Dyne had already asked, um, if you could write a Cap, what would your one be like? So we, we kind of touched on that portion of your question. Um, but she asked who would be in it and also have either of you ever pitched or written a cap comic before. So, so Bob, um, who would be in, in your, your cap series? Gosh, you know, I, and I hate to cop out, man, but, uh, I, I am just like a big, big fan of the hate monger. And, and I know he's been dispensed with on a number of occasions, but I, I would, I, I'm always down to see the hate monger come back. Uh, the question is, now, have I ever pitched one? No. But if I did pitch one, it would involve the hate monger for sure. And, and I got to tell you, I would make it timely. You want to hear what my, my pitch would be, Rick? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. I would pitch. A, Tom, Tom Brevoort, if you're listening. Yep. Uh, Here it we, goes. we, uh, we have this recorded, so you All can't right. steal this idea. <laughs> This is heads exploding all over the place as soon as this hits. Uh, hits A disputed election with uh, an unpopular president and uh, division in the streets. And Cap needs to figure out who's pulling the strings behind the scenes because somebody is making this happen. And you know who it is? It's the hate monger. Ripped from the headlines, but... There's somebody 
again, pulling the strings behind the scene. And it's hate monger. And I bet he's being abetted by Machine Smith. Okay, so I have a question for you. Yeah. When it comes to the hate monger, is uh-huh. this the Adolf Hitler hate monger? Or is this the um, hate monger, uh, uh, what's the 50s cap name again? Oh, no, no, it's not the uh, grand dictator uh, William Burnside, right? Yeah, but wasn't he Grant? Wasn't William Burnside hate monger at one point? Uh, he, I don't believe he was. But no, there was okay. this interesting. I can't remember what issue it was. Uh, you may remember it, but there was uh, there was a particular issue where uh, Steve and Sharon were sort of uh, peeking in on uh, a clone of Adolf Hitler, who didn't right, know right. that he was Adolf Hitler, right? And so I, I think that would be a nice launching off point for somebody that is behind the scenes, manipulating media, manipulating, uh, you know, social media, manipulating the scenes to sow division by, uh, by tearing the American people apart. And Steve has to come in and try to knit things back together again, while at the same time, figuring out who's working behind the scenes to make this happen. Interesting. Interesting, Bob. Um, The tough needle, the thread. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not ready for that story. I think after too after soon. the uh, the coats, yes, too soon. <laughs> uh, after the coach story, I think I want to get back into something fun. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean, right. yeah, I want to get road, back into road trip. Fun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, Mark Wade, come on back. <laughs> maybe the road trip. Uh, you know, maybe the U.S. of Cap, the United States of Captain America. Maybe they were onto something with another road trip, right? Maybe we needed that. Uh, I don't know. I want okay. something fun. Not not so, ready enough for you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I don't know if you knew this, Bob, but uh, back in high school, um, I my dream was to be a comic book writer. Really? It was. And I worked with a friend who was an artist to um, to try to develop some some comic books to to pitch, and I I did the. Um, quasi marvel style because i'm a i'm a closet artist so i i like to sketch things so i wrote i didn't write the scripts i actually laid out the comics you know with you know rough drafts and uh and put the the word balloons in and everything so uh with the idea that my friend who was an artist was going to take these and and make them look good um, and I had a couple of different, uh, series that I came up with. Wow. Um, and I pitched a couple, uh, <laughs> and I, I got some nice, nice, uh, form letter rejections. Uh, you know, I hope from... you frame those. You still have those? No, I don't think uh, so. I, I, that's I, a shame. Yeah. And we're talking, we're talking like comic publishers, like Eclipse. Oh, and yeah. you know, like, 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 People were like that. We're like, yeah, yeah. no thanks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and of course they were very superhero-y, you know, because that was what I was into at sure, the time. Yeah. And um, and I, I had this, this pitch that I've been wanting to do. It's a Daredevil Wolverine story uh, that I've been wanting to pitch to Marvel for a while now. And uh, I just haven't gotten around to it. I've been too busy uh, but it's something for like, I don't know, the last 10 years that wow. I just thought made a lot of sense. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe one I gotta day. Tell you, yeah. 
That sounds good. Uh, and I'm more of a producer. I'm more of a consumer than a producer, but I, I envy people like you that uh, can sort of percolate those ideas, uh, particularly over a long period of time. You should, you got to do that, man. Get it in. One of these days. I'm, I'm a, I don't know if you heard me in the beginning of this podcast, but I've been a little busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Point, I, point scored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Eric Corpy. Bob, yeah, ask the question. Eric wants to know what is the airspeed velocity of a swallow? Well, now are we talking a laden or an unladen swallow? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. So there's not enough information for me to answer that question. Right? Uh, <laughs> African or European? African or European? I, you know, there's so many. There's so much going on here that uh, you know. I don't know that. Ah. Seems like a, it seems like a trick question. Yes. No, that's a great question. Thank you. Uh, and we appreciate uh, all the Monty Python fans out there that get that. Um, what a classic movie. It, it, I, it's probably, I, that may be one of the movies I've seen more than any other movie. Yeah. Is I, the, uh, the Holy Grail. I constantly, I, the Holy Grail. And I also, I constantly uh, quote the life of Brian to my son, but. Uh, uh, well, hopefully he hasn't seen it yet. He has not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he has not. No, he has I know. Not. I have, I, I've let my son see it because he's old enough. And my daughter, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so he also asked another question. Uh, yeah. Eric asks, uh, do you think Sin, who is Cynthia Schmidt, do you think Sin will get her superpowers back? Ooh, uh, you know that's a great question, and and I, I you know, I, I I I'm assuming he's not talking here about the hammer of Scandi, right? Which was the fear itself storyline mm-hmm. where she got the hammer, she mm-hmm. became Scandi, the frost giantress, the uh, the goddess of uh, what the the winter wind or some some stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you know, she got that hammer taken away from her by Cap wielding Mjolnir. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and put a put a damper in that. So I assume he's talking about uh, going way, way, way back in the time machine to the you know Captain America two ninety five to like what three hundred area with the Sisters of Sin and Mother mm-hmm. Superior, mm-hmm. Uh, and that was you know, interesting, interesting storyline. She had some crazy powers there, right? She could yeah. uh, she could phase through walls. She could use this psychic power to sort of hypnotize people and, uh, and throw them off balance. She could do some crazy stuff. As levitate. could the, yeah, levitate. As could the other sisters. Mm-hmm. What were they? They were like agony and pleasure. Uh, was it death and uh, what was the other one? I can't Smelly. Smelly. Yeah. <laughs> Sleepy. And, you know, I don't know what the other ones were, but. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there there were the sisters of sin, right? And uh, and then of course she, uh, I'm not. It, it never seemed to me quite clear how she got those powers. I know Red Skull was like messing with some Zola technology, the same mm-hmm. Zola technology yeah. that that transferred his consciousness, and I guess he tweaked it a little bit, and somehow in the aging of of of, of sin uh, of of schmidt uh, cynthia and and the other sisters somehow they got these powers perhaps i don't know never quite to my satisfaction explained there may be some somebody out there that could uh, clue me in on some other uh comics that where that was sort of filled in i don't know i don't think other comics filled it in i, I think don't think was, so either. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you know of course she was uh, she was returned to her previous age later on uh in in that uh, volume one and uh, and then we see, you know, Cynthia pop up here and there. 
and then in, uh, in the most recent volume, right toward the end, it mm, was issue. Let's 20... not give anything away. Oh, Spoiler sorry. Alert. Uh, yeah, I don't. Right, I, we don't yeah. want to. Well, I, yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. But uh, I don't know. Right, how about this? Question. How about this? For anyone who has not read the end of volume nine, the Coates series, which ended with issue thirty, if you have not read that and you don't want a spoiler. Skip ahead 30 seconds. Yeah. Go ahead. So Bob. very quickly, uh, it appears that uh, she is manifesting those powers again, and they might even be stronger. Uh, so we may see a mother superior, uh, or at least superior. Yes, just superior. back in action. Yeah. So I yeah. definitely think that's a no brainer. I think she's coming back. Yeah. I think it was a nice softball lobbed by Coates. He was like, you know what? I'm ending the series. Next writer. Here you go. You could do with what you will. Yeah. Yeah. I would just, you know what? I would be disappointed if some writer doesn't pick up on that and just like, just lays that dangling. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the thing with Cynthia is they, uh, Brubaker's run, I mean, used her very effectively. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the Fear Itself uh, um, storyline used her effectively. Uh, And in the most current run, I think, used her uh, in a very interesting way as well. I mean, she's an interesting character. She, She makes me uncomfortable. Well, she did make our top 10 list, Bob. Yeah, right? You know? I mean, she, I mean, me she barely made our top 10 list. But uh, so for those who haven't re- uh, listened to podcast episode number nine, I, you know, I, I, I still regret the fact that we didn't do our top 10 list on episode 10. I mean, what, you know, the marketing guy, I mean, yeah. is like, what were you thinking? <laughs> it's episode nine. We're going to do top 10. Come on. Anyway, we did top 10 villains not named Red Skull because we all know Red Skull would be number one, right? Uh, But uh, yeah, Cynthia Schmidt made our top 10 villains. Um, So yeah, she's she's fascinating, right, Rick? Yeah. I mean, she's she's crazy as a loon. Uh, Well, wouldn't you be if you were the, you know, a product of Jahan? Johan Schmidt. I think it was two ninety five issue two ninety five. It had a little origin backstory. Yeah, and yeah. She's you know she yeah. she's been through some stuff, man. And then how Crossbones sort of deprogrammed her and the Bruce oh, Baker. Yeah. I mean, she's she, she's messed up. You know what? I'm gonna just put I'm dating out. girls like her. <laughs> I'm I'm probably gay. If I wasn't married, I'd date her. Oh, you like the little crazy, dude? I, I like a little crazy. Yeah, really. You know what? I had enough crazy. I'm. I'm Are you done with that? I'm totally done with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna put this out there. Uh, crossbones. Yeah, he's a jerk. Yeah, he is a jerk. Yeah, he's not yeah. a nice guy. Oh, she's not into that. She's not looking for that. He's not looking for that. Yeah. They go, they go together. Like you can ask me a question or what, Bob? I am. I'm sorry. I, you know, I just, I, I just like talking about sin. What can I say? All right. So, uh, here, let me ask you this one. This is from, uh, Miguel Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he wants to know what's your dream team of writer, artist, inker, colorist for the Captain America title. Oh, Bob, that's a layup. I, I mean, that, is, that is so you. easy. Listen, yeah. uh, I don't expect everybody to have listened to the very first podcast we did, which was uh, number one, Rick and Bob discuss what got them into cap, but I'd laid it out right then and there. Um, my dream team as, as we, as we refer to it um, is the one I 
was introduced to cap on. Right. And I think that goes for all of us. Right. I think all of us have a sweet spot for what, what we were reading when we fell in love with the character. Yeah. Not introduced, fell in love with the character. Right. And lucky for me, I, you know, I fell in love with the character right away. And uh, at the time it was uh, 1983. So the, the team on the book was uh, J.M. DeMatteis, who was the writer. Uh, Mike Zeck was the penciler. John Beatty was the inker. And Bob Sharon was the colorist. And they were together for at least two years, uh, if not more. And, you know, I go back and I look at those, those stories. And, and we, had, we had the pleasure uh, yeah. and a thrill for me. Uh, to interview J.M. DeMatteis back on episode 13. Um, and because he had been on the book for you know about three years and he he was gracious enough to talk about all of that run, all of those stories. Um, and then we we had the the pleasure of talking with uh, like last last episode, John Beatty, the anchor. Uh, to take us through that. And then back uh, in episode seven, we talked to Bob Sharon, the colorist. So, um, you know, we, we've, we've talked with most of these people, but, but I go back to those stories and I think that's why, I think that's why my favorite character is, is Steve Rogers. Mm -hmm. Because what I, what I loved about DeMatteis's writing was he had, don't get me wrong. He had some great, plots and some great interwoven uh stories um you know he he gave us the return of baron zemo yeah he gave us uh for that matter the, the return of of arnim zola and 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 doughboy and primus <laughs> You're right. um, but he he gave us the Deathlock story right uh which was one of the the first ones that we recovered uh, covered back in episode four um he gave us, um, you know, like you you mentioned, uh, Cynthia Schmidt, right, and and turning her into you know, introducing her, and and then turning her into, uh, uh, you know, this this mother superior character. He gave us this this. He introduced Arnie Roth, one of Steve yeah. Rogers' childhood friends. Yeah, he developed the relationship that that Steve had with his neighbors. He developed the relationship that he had with Bernie Rosenthal. That's that's where I'm like, okay, he he made mm -hmm. me really appreciate the man of Steve yeah. Rogers. He humanized Cap more, uh, Steve more than any other. I think uh, absolutely did. Yeah. Absolutely, and listen, I love the Ed Brubaker run. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and I think we all. You know, there are very few people that have any issue with that run, and most point to it and say that's that's what all else is compared to. But I don't think Steve was as humanized in those yeah. issues You're as right. he was with Damateus. I think, I think you know those those that arc um, brought out the human element. You know, when he had to deal with his his issues with with Bucky being brought back and 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 that was great and we we covered those episodes too um our issues uh but but that's my dream team how yeah. about you bob do you have one i i don't rick i gotta tell you i grew up uh really more attuned to the work of uh sal Buscema, you know yeah 
Art-wise, I, I, I sort of, you know, I, I like that. Um, but, uh, but no, I don't, I don't really have a dream team because I think, you know, maybe we'll talk about this later. Maybe we'll talk about some of the sort of seminal uh, story arcs or um, one issues that uh, mean the most to us, uh, but they're all over the map. Uh, and again, it goes back to, uh, you know, for me, the sorts of things that I look for that I value in, in, in cap stories the things that resonate with me. And so um, I think if I had to pick a dream team, um, I, I'd go far afield, uh, not from the history, but I want to see something new. And, and, mm-hmm. and I like the fact that uh, I know a lot of people don't, but I like the fact that Marvel has tried to pull in writers from outside of the comic community. Uh, mm-hmm. Folks that are novelists or who have written uh, short stories, screenwriters, uh, screenwriters, and, and brought them in and given them a shot at, uh, at writing cap and, and other titles. I, I think that's phenomenal. I, I like that new blood, and uh, and that's what I I I wouldn't go with a dream team. I'd go with uh, sort of an experimental team, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so so potentially the next one could be your dream team. Maybe, maybe. I hope so. I hope we see something. Although I'm pretty satisfied with what I'm seeing from uh, from Cantwell, and, and I wouldn't mind seeing more of him. Mm, I don't know. Nice. All right. Alan Kingsley asks, um, what Cap stories are in each of your personal Mount Rushmores of Captain America and why? So I'm, inter- I'm, in- wow. I'm interpreting that question, Mount Rushmore, to be top four. Okay. That's, right? oh, yeah. There's four faces on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's obviously no wrong answer here, but gosh, that's a tough question. No, there are wrong answers, Rick. <laughs> the house of the house of dough. <laughs> right. What right. issue was that? I don't remember. Oh, that was a Mark Grunewald story. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the house of dough. Making me hungry, man. No. Oh. Gosh. Ah, man, what? Uh, all right, I, I can, there can be only four. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it almost seems like I hate, you know, I, this is where I feel cheated, right? Because, because I feel, I feel like there, it has to be Captain America comics number one, right? I mean, there's mm. just no way around that. And it has to be Avengers four. But after mm. that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential for me. So I'm going to have to go with, um, I'm going to have to go with Captain America 176. Okay. So that is the lead up to, um, you know, that's basically him kind of struggling to come to grips with what he is or what he stands for, Mm -hmm. what it all means. And this is the prelude to him sort of walking away and becoming nomad. Mm -hmm. That, that, that issue 176 uh, really speaks to me. Uh, in many ways. And, I, and I, I love that issue. And in a very similar sense, it's it's issue 332, which is mm. when he lays down his his uniform in shield, you know, uh, with his meeting at, with the commission. Right. And that leads into, of course, uh, John Walker taking over as cap. And again, it's it's another sort of wrestling with this idea of what what does it mean to be Captain America? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in the whole issue uh, sort of interspersed with uh, a storyline about uh, Walker is about Rogers wrestling with this. What, it, what am I? What mm-hmm. am I for? What, do I, what does it mean for me to be Cap? And do mm-hmm. I need to be Cap to be who I am? And so I think those, those four issues for me, although there are other ones, I mean, I'd put eight faces on Rushmore if this was about Cap, but those are the four I'd have to go with. What about you, man? Oh, um, I am... 
I, I struggle with this question, um, Alan. So great kudos to you for asking the question. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, you, you threw out some good ones there, Bob. And I, I would have to say three thirty two is probably, probably one of my four, um, for the, for the reasons you mentioned, you know, uh, of Steve Rogers struggling with his decision, you know, does he, does he answer to the commission and become a puppet or does he understand that, you know what, as much as Captain America m- means to him that he needs to give it up mm-hmm. and that, you know, and, and his struggle, his struggle with that decision, uh, you know, that he, he reached out to all his, his yeah. friends, right. He reached right. out to his colleagues. He, yeah. he wanted, he wasn't perfect. It wasn't black and white. It wasn't because, because I think Captain America, many people confuse Captain America with this black and white, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's either this or it's that, you know, and, and, you know, life is, life is gray, right? Well, life is, you know, we don't, you know, it's not a simple answer. And I love the fact that Steve struggled with this. Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of us. He's human. And so, um, so that's definitely one of those up there. Um, and like I mentioned before, 286 through 289, the four part Deathlock story, yeah. you know, that, that has sentimental reasons for me because that's, that was my introduction to the, to the cap that I grew up on. And, uh, and it was a great story. And we, we covered that in, um, episode, gosh, four, episode four, we covered that. Um, so, you know, it's a great story about a man trying to come in grips with, with his own humanity. And, um, and so that was that to me, that was when Damateus and Zach and Beatty and Sharon were all at their, their height. Mm -hmm. Right. This was, this was at their height. And of course, you know, Zach and Beatty leave to, to go off and do uh, the art for Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. So um, so that's got to be one of those. I don't know. It's it's such a struggle for the other two. Um, I, I'd have to go probably with the Winter Soldier story with Brubaker and Epting uh-huh. and Perkins. But which 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 issue? Well, the introduction. Okay. You know, so, right. so that story arc that, you know, that we, we covered in. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, that, that I got to tell you, it seems a bit of a cop out. Did he what? say, did he say story arcs or did he say issues? I, I guess he said stories. I guess Hold he said stories. Hold on, story. let me go back uh, right. and read he the said, question. He said stories. So I guess, all right, you want to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cop out, please. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, because that was all right. Uh, well, Bob, specifically, that was Captain America Volume Five, issues eight, nine, eleven, well, no, 12, reason, thirteen, and fourteen. No, the reason I ask is because you know uh, a lot of you know a lot of people put their dime on what was it, issue six, right? Which was the first appearance of no, Bucky. but that that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, what I know, I'm what starting I'm, with issue eight. I know what I know. I know. I know. And that's the issue that I, I, I like as well, because that's the one where we got that line, you know, who the hell is Bucky, right? 
Yeah. Uh, right. And that has such emotional and sentimental impact that reverberates over decades of yes. the Captain America mythos. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that that was on my list of alternates that 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 has to be up there because that is just so such a big step, man, for the creative team to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's so many good ones. Mm. Mount Rushmore. I mean, I know I'm, you know what, here, Bob, I'm copping out. Totally copping out. I knew it. I knew it. I'm copping out. I'm not doing a fourth. I'm oh. not doing a fourth. <laughs> wow. And here, here's why, Bob. Because Sorry, Alan. I, I just picked a story from the 80s, right? I picked yeah. a story from the 90s. I picked a story from like the 2010s, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Right? I know I'm going to piss off some listeners who are like, what about the seventies? You know? mm -hmm. And there's, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't want to pick a fourth and, and uh, alienate some people. Um, Cause I'm not, you know what? I, I respect a lot of the stories in the seventies. I appreciate them. I don't know if I'm in love with any, with any particular one. I mean, there's so many good ones. I mean, obviously the Steve Englehart run was yeah. amazing. Yeah, that Secret Empire run was pretty darn good. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to say. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right, Bob. Uh, I got one for you. Jerry Brown asks, I think the next time they revamp and go back to the drawing board and put Cap on ice again, they really need to explore his adjustment. From the 1940s to now, is a huge adjustment. How do you think Marvel should handle the next revamp? Well, that's an easy one. They shouldn't. Uh, I, you know, I think I know where I, I know where, uh, where 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 Jerry's going here, and I think yeah, that would be an interesting, you know, it's an interesting thought experiment, right? Because uh, I think the definitive sort of look at this uh, this awakening process was the, was, was the man out of time miniseries, right? Was it five issues written by Mark Wade? It was a great, great series that sort of took the Avengers. What was it? Number four through, I think around number eight with the Kang story. Uh, it sort of looked, sort of peeled back the layer of the action and looked at what was going on in the mind of Steve Rogers as he was experiencing the awakening from the ice, his integration into the Avengers and some of their early adventures. Uh, and it was situated in a particular, you know, point in time and space. Uh, and that was what, 20 years, almost 20 years ago, right? And it just seemed like that, almost that. And so I, that was great. So what would happen if like, it's 20 years later, right? Technology's changed, uh, the social environment has changed. And that would be kind of cool. I mean, oh, Steve Rogers trying to figure out TikTok, you know, or Facebook or, you know, any of these sorts of things. They'd be curious, but I don't think we get a lot of mileage out of it. I think, I think the man out of time series is, you know, for me, it's definitive, right? I mean, it, it is, I can't, I can't imagine topping that. Um, so I don't think there needs to be a next revamp. So I guess I'm going to cop out on that one too and say, nope, it's been done and it's been done well. Let's, let's do something different. Fair enough. I like that. So here's one for you, Rick, from, uh, from a member. What is the, what a quinky dink. What are the chances of a member being named Steve Rogers? But we do have a member named Steve Rogers and he wants to know, did Steve grow in height when he received the super soldier serum? (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. 
Steve Rogers. Um, or did he just have better posture? <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, Sister Superior kept smacking him. Um, <laughs> all right, so, okay. I would say, yes, he did grow in height. Now, I don't have anything to prove this. There's yeah. nothing... I think that is in any of the comics. I don't think there's anything in the encyclopedias, at least that I'm aware of that, sh that says definitively that he grew in height. The only thing that I know of is that he was a 98 pound weakling. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they referred to him as 98 pounds. Now I know in the MCU, right. In the, in the Marvel cinematic universe, uh, they've listed him as like, I think five, four. Um, and that, you know, he, he grew to six, two. Um, so in the movies, they say that, but in comics, I haven't found anything. Yeah. So considering that he is six, two and he's 240 pounds, I'm going to say he grew in height as well, because, um, from hit for him to go from 98 pounds to to 240 right like gain yeah 140 pounds and yeah at, on that same frame um seems a little yeah odd to me so yeah i'm gonna say that he was shorter and uh i don't know what height he was i mean maybe like in the movies he was five four um they tend to do their research so maybe they came up with something yeah uh and he was five four um and um I don't know that yeah. that's I'm going to go with. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that makes he, sense. He did grow. Yeah. I think you've reasoned that out really well, Rick. I mean, I think you, you, your skeletal system, skeletal system has to support the, uh, the muscle. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the only way to do that is to, is to grow with the muscle. So uh, it happens to all of us, right. Even when you work out, you, your, your skeletal system uh, grows. So I think, I think you nailed that one, buddy. Okay. All right. Good. Hey, we have another caller, another person who left a message. So this is from James Foley. Now, James also is one of our patrons. So I uh, always love hearing from them. And James has a question for you, Bob. What issue or storyline in a book not called Captain America, Tales of Suspense, or Avengers is most impactful to Captain America? For example, the Nuke storyline from Daredevil 232 to 233. Mighty Thor, 390, or ASM, 537, with Cap Speech. All right. Well, thanks, yeah. James. You just took all the answers. <laughs> 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 That's a great question. That's a yeah. great question. Uh, so, Bob. Yeah. Not named Captain America, Tales of Suspense, or Avengers. What is the most impactful story to Cap? And I think the key word there is impactful. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, first of all, out of spite, I'm going to ignore the, uh, the three examples that, uh, <laughs> that James has, uh, has provided us. And this is a tough one for me. You know, I sort of, I've, I've thought about this and uh, I think there's like a constellation of, of four um, because he's given us some criteria here, right? We can't Ooh. go back to, we can't go back to Cap. We can't go Tales of Suspense. We can't use Avengers. And he's, he's taken three, uh, three important storylines off, off the table. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go with uh, a fan favorite, at least mm -hmm. this fan. I'm going to go 
Ah, oh, four of them, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I want to go with the most controversial one. Is this, because, is this your Mount Rushmore of impactful comics it, not named Captain America? No, it's hot. Uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to go. I'm going to say it. I was going to uh, do a what if. I was going to do what if 44. Ooh. And that is if Captain Wait a minute, America, wait a minute. Is this one of 44 or 29? You, this, you is, keep... <laughs> this is 44. Okay. What if Cap were revived today? It's a great issue, man. And, yeah. And uh, it's got, uh, you know, it, it's got Burnside in it. It's got, you know, it's just, it's a fabulous, fabulous book, but I'm going to skip that. And I'm going to go with one that I know is going to irritate and annoy and upset half of our listeners <laughs> uh, because that's the way I roll. And I'm going to go with the secret empire run. Uh, oh, by Nick no. Spencer. But, but you, Oh yeah. No. Oh, the the secret, secret empire miniseries. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And let me tell you why. Uh, I know a lot of people get upset about this. They don't like it. You know, the Supreme Hydra cap. Uh, it's, 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 Hail uncom- Hydra, Bob. It, it's a Hail Hydra. It's an uncomfortable storyline, but the thing, and it, well, it didn't end, you know, particularly great. Right. Yeah. You know, screw Rick Jones. <laughs> Red keys had enough air time. All right. Look, <laughs> but the thing I like about this is uh, for me, the, the, the most curious and interesting thing about uh, Hydra, Hydra Cap, Hydra Steve Rogers, is like if you sort of dissect who that guy is, he is very much similar to our Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. right? But there are a few key differences. He's a fascist. Well, he's a fascist, right? But he 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 approaches fascism with the exact same persistence and commitment and devotion that Steve Rogers approaches the sort of liberty and democracy and the values that he upholds. And so he does it with, you know, all the same courage, all the same persistence, all the same resilience, all the same, you know, almost he has all the qualities except for that one chink. And that is his devotion to fascism. And it shows that like, it makes a difference, right? I mean, the ideals mm-hmm. and the principles make a difference. Uh, and that sort of dividing line um, can slip away quite easily. And so, man, I, I just found that extremely powerful that uh, except for, you know, well, the fascism piece, you know, the devotion to Hydra, <laughs> right? And, and, and that's, but that's how he was raised, right? I mean, he didn't know any different, right? That he, in this timeline, in the Kobeck sort of creation, he was, he was cultivated in this way. And so he thought he was the hero in the story, yeah. And that's how easy it is to become lulled into thinking I'm the hero in my own story. And that's the thing. We've talked about this before with villains, right? Uh, a lot of the villains that we approach in, in Cap, they, they think they're the hero in the story and they act as if they are the hero in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that that's a, that's a, I encourage everyone to go back and read that, that, that series carefully again, because uh, it is haunting and it's chilling. Because there isn't as much daylight between our Steve Rogers and the Hydra Steve Rogers as we'd like to believe. There's only a few key differences, but those key differences make all the difference. Fair enough. All right. What about you? How about you? First of all, I salute you. (laughs) That's a bold choice. Very bold choice. I'm going into witness protection on, uh, on Wednesday, <laughs> and so uh, I'm I'm not that concerned. <laughs> oh boy, I got to tell you. So for our moderators, Heath, Daniel, no, 
of course, Bob, um, that whenever we have something that because I do I do daily flashbacks right on the Facebook group. And and that's my thing. I, I do that uh, sometimes twice a day, uh, 6 a.m., 6 p.m., in case you're curious. And on that is, um, you know, whenever there's a few things that always gets some sort of vitriol, right? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. the, the Rob yeah. Liefeld issues. Yep, yep. And then there's the Hydra Cap issues. Yeah. And and the uh, the haters come out of the word work, you know. Um, yeah. So, wow, that that's bold, Bob. Yeah. Go bold or go home. Right? Apparently. What do you got? What's your uh, what's what what what's your most impactful? First of all, I'm I'm an I'm James. I love you to death. But you just stole three amazing examples. Yeah. You're like, yeah, oh. Oh, oh, yeah. The example of the the Daredevil issues and the Thor 390 and Amazing Spider-Man 537. So now we can't use those. Come on, James. Uh, Those are great. I mean, no, this is James Foley asked this question, right? Yeah. So um, I said he's a thief. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that, that Daredevil story, by the way, my second favorite character of all time. So you know, to see the two of them together and especially in such an impactful story like that nuke story, uh, that was amazing. And listen to cap fans out there. If you've not read 232, 233 of daredevil, go do it. Um, because it's, it's, it's great. Um, and of course, you know, mighty Thor 390, you know, when he first time he he's worthy and he picks up Mjolnir, uh, that's a quite an impactful story. Yeah. So James, uh, you killed me, man. You, you stole those examples. So I'm going to have to go with civil war. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Civil mm. war miniseries one through seven, um, that came out, I don't know, 2004, 2005, something like that. Maybe 2006. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit um, later, yeah. they, as far as, impact uh that was quite the impactful story to mm-hmm. to the mythos of captain america and steve rogers yeah. um much to listen the people who know and love steve rogers were not surprised by the fact that he took the opposite view of iron man in this miniseries but for those who aren't familiar with captain america um, they were very shocked to, to see that he said, no, I disagree with the U.S. government requiring that uh, people with powers need to register. Um, and I believe in the, the civil liberties and, and protecting. And, uh, and he fought and nearly died for, for, for that. Um, and then that story continued into Captain America 25 by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting, uh, where he did die um, on the on the court steps uh, on his way being arrested to and, and on trial for his actions in the Civil War. So I, I'm going to have to go with that one as yeah. being uh, most impactful. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. I I, I got that 100%. I would have, uh, that would have been on my short list as well. I think you can't, uh, you can't ignore that one. It's a seminal run. All right. Okay. I think we've, uh, we've only got a few left, Rick, right? Yep. I, here's a fun one from Ralph. I want to ask you this one. All mm-hmm. right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't have a single, I don't own a single Slurpee cup from uh. the 70s, Rick. I don't own a single one. I wish I did. I wish I had the whole set. Cause I think that, you know, in retrospect, what an amazing uh, collection that would be, but yep. he wants to know who deserves a Slurpee cup that didn't get one in the seventies. Ooh. Okay. So I have four plastic and one glass seven 11 cups from uh, back in those days in the seventies uh, none of them are original. None of them are mine from when I was a kid. Um, but I did pick them up over the last few years, like on eBay. And you you can keep your eyes out and get a, a you know, a sharp deal. Um, so they had this in 1975. Um, they did the character cups. And first of all, they did DC as well. They had the, they had their DC cups and then they had their Marvel line, right? So, but in 1975, they, they did these Marvel cups um, that were basically, you know, a character um you know on a white background you know uh as a kind of like a you know just a you know a hero running right and and they did this they did a ton of them in 1975 and then in 1977 they came back to marvel and they did they basically just took um panels from you know interior pages or even even covers and um and put slap them on cups in some cases glasses in 1977. So I I I do have um, some original four original cups and a glass from there, and they're sitting over here on my 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 little um, bookcase. Um, so in 1975, um, here's here's okay to answer Ralph's question. Great question. Uh-huh. Who deserves a Slurpee cup today that didn't get one in the seventies? Now I'm going to stick because this is the Captain America comic book fans podcast. I'm going to stick with the Captain America theme here. And I'm going to say red skull. Okay. So in 1975, they had a ton, a ton of Marvel heroes, but only two villains. And Bob, when I tell you who these two villains are, you're going to be like, why didn't they have a red skull? Yeah. Okay. All right. Villain number one. Uh-huh. Dr. Doom. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's one of the, the classic. Okay. Yeah. Marvel, right. Yeah. Right. Villain number two. Tundra. <laughs> That's it, Bob. Those are the two villains. No. Yeah. Tundra. Somebody failed in marketing. I mean, I listen, yeah. I'm all for women's rights. Yeah. I'm all for, you know. Uh, Not Madam Hydra? No. I would never stop drinking out of that cup. I know. Well, well, right. well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah. So, I'm sorry. You did yeah. Tundra, but you didn't do Red Skull? Yeah. Oh, that's, come somebody on. dropped the ball there. Now, I, they did. They did in 1977 fix the mistake, and they did have a red skull, and it would, but it wasn't red skull by himself. It was a, a panel from 
Captain America and it's Red Skull holding, I, I, I think it was Sharon Carter and Cap's, they're on a boat, right? And Cap's leaping over the edge and he's about to throw his shield at the Red Skull. So they, they have that in 1977, but I don't count that. I mean, like, yeah. like it's not like the 1975 Doctor Doom on his own white cup with the, you know, with him just by himself. So, so Ralph sticking with the Captain America comic book fans podcast theme, I'm going to go with Red Skull. All right. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Uh, that was an oversight that, that definitely needs to be corrected. All right, Rick. Uh, well, you know, as long as, uh, <laughs> As long as we're uh, we're talking Ralph Werner questions, he's got another one. That, oh uh, boy, that Ralph! I, yeah, he's he he he's always thinking. Uh, but here's a here's a good one for you. He wants to know which hero and villain deserves the Mego figure treatment that they didn't get in the seventies. Okay, so one thing I'm learning about Ralph um, is that Ralph is old. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's at, he keeps asking about, you know, the seventies, uh, right? Right. I yeah. mean, come on, Ralph. Which Ralph. Bay city roller <laughs> do you think was the best? Well, you know, all right. We're not going to, some of the other questions he asked that we didn't mention was like, uh, any truth to the rumor that Bob is long lost teen heart throb, Bobby Sherman. <laughs> Will Rick ever get back to touring as Moby again? <laughs> I mean, all right, all right, all right, Ralph. Uh, you've 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 let loose your age. You've kind of uh, given that away. That's all right. If, hey, if, in fairness, he did he did point out later that the meds finally kicked in. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Mego figures. Not you know, eighty percent of our listeners are like, oh, I remember the Mego figures. They were fun. They're awesome. Twenty percent of our listeners are like. What's that? All right. So mega figures um, were eight to 10 inch action figures that were kind of like GI Joe figures, you know, or where they, they were action figures that had cloth on them and accessories on them. Right. So, um, you know, Bob, it's funny. I, I saw this question and I was like, you know what? I need to go back and take a look at that. Yeah. And when I went back and I looked at the, the mega figures that came out in the early and mid seventies, <clears throat> there was like, I don't know, five or six series. And um, I forgot many of them that I actually had. Huh. Like I remember there are two that I remember. I remember I had a Joker and I remember I had thing like those were for whatever reason, those are the ones I remember. And I also remember Joker's hand was broken and I could pop it in and out and things arm was broken. It was just kind of hanging by its side. Huh. Um, so maybe that's why I remember them because they were broken. I don't yeah. know. But then when I went and I looked, I was like, oh, wow, I had a Batman. I had a Robin. I had a Spider-Man. I had a Green Arrow. And you know why I remember these things? Because I remember the little booties that you could slip on and off Robin's feet. Huh? 
that's the only reason I remember I had a Robin because yeah. why else do I remember having booties? Right. And then I remember having a green arrow because I remember the, the, the bow snapped like the little band on it was part of the plastic and it snapped in the middle. <clears throat> so it's weird. Like I, yeah. I all of a sudden, like I I'm, I'm back being, you know, eight years old, five, six years old again. Right. right. Um, but I don't remember having any of those. Oh, but I'm going to go back and I, you know, you've got me you peaked by Korea. I'm going to go back and look at some old photos and like from Christmas, maybe I'll see one on the floor or something. I'm, I'm curious, but I don't yeah. recall ever having them. So, I, all right. To answer your question, Ralph, um, which hero and villain did, now deserves the mega figure treatment that didn't get it in the 70s? Now, Bob, for those who don't know, all right, I'm just going to go with Marvel, right? Because they had a ton of DC figures, but I'm, I'm just going to go with Marvel. So for Marvel, the first Marvel figure they had that was released was Captain America, and rightfully so. Makes sense. Um, they had uh, a Spider-Man. They had a Hulk. Later on, they had an Iron Man, and they had a Thor. They had the Fantastic Four, all four characters, okay? And then they had some villains, such as Green Goblin, Lizard. Um, I know I'm forgetting some, but you know who they had, Bob? That was like, what? Huh? They had Conan. Oh, Conan. Conan. All right. Yeah, I don't. You know, Were they pushing Conan at that time. Yo, yeah. That's Marvel why, in the seventies. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I was never big a big time. Conan guy. So, yeah. so um, I'm going to have to go with uh. For a villain, that's an easy answer. I'm going to go with Red Skull, right? Like, that's okay. a cop-out, I'm sure, because I just said Red Skull for the Serpy, Serpy Club. But I think there should have been a Red Skull villain for Captain America. Because they had a yeah. Falcon, too. They had a Falcon. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, for Hero, I'm going to go with my number two. Daredevil. Daredevil. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, you know who my number two is, Rick? Nick Fury. It is. I wonder, did they have a Nick Fury? I don't know. They did not have, I don't think they had a Nick Fury Mega doll, but they did have a Nick Fury Slurp, Slurpee cup. Did they? Yes. Well, that's going to be something maybe I'll shoot for. You totally should, dude. I mean, yeah. just go on eBay. Be patient. You probably can get one for like less than 10 bucks. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to look for that. That's fun. All right. More things to spend money on. All right, Bob. Uh, I. <laughs> we have another call in here. And uh, it's my daughter. I'm scared to listen to this, Bob, because I have not listened to this one yet. This is going to be now my daughter, for those who don't know, uh, she um, she she'll be 15 in, in two weeks. I told her that I was doing this podcast. She thinks it's cool that her dad does a podcast. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Uh, I told her I was doing this podcast. I told her we were doing a Q and a and people were calling in, leaving messages. And, um, uh, and I said, you know, Hey, if you want to leave a message, leave a message. And she did. <laughs> I have no idea, no idea what it is. I'm a little scared, Bob. All right. Hi dad. Um, it's Selena. I, I was just wondering why there's a picture of Captain America on the fridge where my school picture used to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's obvious. 
Don't, uh, don't ask a question if you know the answer. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's, she's awesome. That's she's got awesome. a great sense of humor. I don't know where she gets it from. <laughs> That's great. My uh, son, my son's 11, Rick. I told him we're doing a podcast, you know, and he's like, what do you, what do you go back to the 80s to do that? You know, he's got no, like, <laughs> zero support. He's 11, you know? No, he's not buying it. So, oh, uh, that's funny. Um, uh, hey, I, I, there's another question here, Rick. Yes, uh, who's it from? It's from Michael Keane. Oh, no, it's not Michael Keane. I'm sorry. This was from Ralph. This was this Ralph, I, dude. I have no idea what you're talking about. Just it ask the question. All right, here's the question If you were to give Cap a new recurring sidekick for a couple of years, who would it be? Ooh, that's a. Uh... That's a good question. Uh, a recurring sidekick. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Who asked this question? I, I think it was Ralph. I don't know. Uh, it's on my list of, of potential questions. And I, I, it got me thinking. So I was like, who would I ask? So I thought it was a pretty good question. If we could have a recurring sidekick. Hmm. We haven't seen one in quite some time, so. I know, right? Um, that's tough. I don't know. Um, you know, I, because, you know, obviously you, you, you go back and you look at his previous sidekicks, right? And you, yeah. and you have Falcon, you have Bucky slash Winter Soldier, you have Sharon Carter, you have D-Man, Rick, you have Diamondback. What? I mean, Rick Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, Rick Jones. <laughs> the other Rick. The other Rick. Rick. Uh, um, you have uh, Jack Barnes, right? Uh, then, regrettably, you have um, the the ones from the nineties. Uh, what was? Um, freedom spirit of freedom i don't yeah. know oh yeah right 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 what was american, her name the american dream or america, no no american dream know. was oh, his daughter yeah. i think right I there's I yeah yeah What's there's her, whatever her name was right then you have jack flag jack flag yeah, yeah. he's he's dead right yeah so he checked out in a helicopter yeah right so yeah. i guess it would be somebody new but you know i mean there's there's the ricky barnes yeah Right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, then he yeah. had, you know, he had his, he had his son right. from, you know, uh, Z from the, the Z. The, dimension. Yeah. The, yeah. All the dimension. Um, I, man, I don't know. That's a tough question. Yeah. I, I don't know who the, the, the new one would be. I got one for you, Rick. Oh, well I've then been, let's hear it. I've been, this one's been brewing in me for a while. Right. Um, you know, and I know we reviewed it, right? I, I can't remember what episode it was, but we reviewed the Falcon and the Winter Soldier miniseries. Oh, I, I love yeah, you going here. Yeah, I would love to see Cap take the natural under oh, his wing. Get him straightened awesome. out and get him moving in the right direction, man. Like, you know, give him some, some schooling from the master and exemplify what it means to be a hero and get that kid on the right track. For those of you that, yeah, for those of you that don't know, you know, The Natural was affiliated with Hydra. He was kind of torn between Zola and, uh, and I can't remember. Not Zola, Zemo. Zemo. And, uh, and I can't remember the, uh, 
the, the, the agent's name that uh, was vying for leadership mm-hmm. of Hydra, mm-hmm. but his parents were like super like cap fans, had a house full of memorabilia, but you know, yeah. he, he was really, uh, he had amazing skills, right? Uh, natural skills. That's why they called him the natural, but he was heading down the wrong path about what it meant to be a hero. And, uh, and Falcon, the Winter Soldier tried to extricate him from that. And it kind of left on a, on uh, an unsure note, but I think that would be an awesome kind of, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have to be a whole volume, but, but maybe for a couple story arcs, it would be good to see Cap straighten that kid out. It's interesting. So that was, uh, by the way, if you, if you haven't read the Falcon and Winter Soldier miniseries, which came out last year, um, go back to episode 27. We, we cover the whole miniseries in episode 27. So you can, you can uh, listen to that. Um, I, I love where you're going with that, but I, I don't know, Bob, because he killed a lot of people He did, and it wasn't like, I don't know, taking on Wanda and, and Quicksilver and, and Hawkeye, Hawkeye yeah. and saying, like, well, you guys are reformed villains, but th- they weren't murderers. Yeah. You know, they were thieves. They were, they did some bad things. Um, this, th- this guy's a, he killed a lot of people, a lot of people. So I, as Steve Rogers, I mean, look, look, if this kid served his time, you know, and, Uh and did his time, then I would say, sure. Now that you're out and you've done that, then we're going to give you a second chance as to being a hero and, and make up for the bad you did. I don't know if right off the bat, that I could accept him as, as because he's, he's done, he's, he's killed so many people. Yes. But maybe that's the sort of, you know, sort of baggage that a good writer, right. Would be able to, uh, to work with. Mm, That's a good point. Uh, And to add some of that tension, that sort of ethical and moral dilemma for cap uh, to wrestle with as he tries to, you know, take this kid out of a bad situation and, and make him into something good. So I don't know. I don't know. Might be fun. Might be fun. You know, I, 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 I changed my answer, my, just without giving it much thought, I'm going to go with uh, D-Man. I'm going to say Dennis Dumfrey, you know, he was a, a joke back in the nineties, um, yeah. you know, and Mark Grunewald introduced him, not introduced him. He, he, he picked him up from, I think it was Marvel two and one or thing or something like that. And he was a wrestler and he, he, you know, moved him on to be this, um, this sidekick. And, and we've, we've covered some stories, you know, during the captain days um, where he was a, uh, a very insecure uh, partner for Captain America. It was kind of almost like a lost puppy, always looking up to Steve and wanting to have, um, you know, be, to get those words of affirmation from him. So I, I, I don't know. I think a good writer could take D man and say, you know, um, let's bring him back because he's had a horrible story, right? He became homeless and he was dealing with dementia or or whatever it was. Um, and, and try to bring him back. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, It might be interesting to bring him back and, and, and see what we can do. I mean, God knows we, we can't bring back, um, Jack Monroe, right? Because Brew Baker had Winter Soldier kill him. Yeah. Uh, so this is the next best thing. 
Yeah. No, I think that would be actually that would be really interesting, right? Uh, I, I always uh, I always felt that he was sort of an endearing character, so it would be yeah. it would be nice to learn more about him and see him grow a little bit. All right, Bob. Do we have anything? Any other questions? What did we, what did we miss? Uh, let's see. I, I I don't know, man. I think. Uh, I don't know. I think I think that wraps it up. All right. Do we uh, we talked about giving a prize? Should we give a prize? Whew. Uh, I I'm can't. I'm thinking Ralph Warner. Yeah, deserves Ralph, a prize. He probably, he probably does. Right, because yeah. he he asked a million questions. Some of them were were silly, and some of them were fun. Yeah. Um. One question he asked. And we didn't answer yet. And is any plans to cover Cap's golden age stories? Uh, and I, I would say the answer to that is yes. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Bob? We need we need to cover Captain America comics number one. I think we do. And there's I, I've got some ideas brewing, Rick, that I wanted to share with you that um, I think would be really fun and that uh, sort of tackle some of the golden age material. Uh, and so we'll talk about that but I, I definitely think the answer is yes for that all right so ralph um send us your address go ahead pm me and uh i will send you out a, a prize yeah so this was this was a lot of fun and i i think uh thank you to all the people who who wrote in on the facebook pages who called in and left voice messages um this uh i, I had a lot of fun uh yeah, reading these questions and answering these questions. And hopefully uh, you guys had fun listening to Bob and I prattle on about our, our thoughts. Cause we're, we're certainly not experts. <laughs> I love the way that you use prattle in a sentence. Yes. <laughs> I, I think we need to add this to our um, occasional podcast subject matter. What do you think, Bob? We should we do another Q and a again sometime soon? I definitely soon, think, but sometime. Yeah, sometime. I think yeah, definitely. Uh, we gotta, you know, it all depends on the listeners, man. It all depends on uh, the questions, right? Yeah, it's true. So uh, we need your help to uh, to make these sort of fun and interesting. So dig deep. Absolutely. And so next episode, uh, we have we're going to get back into the current pull list of uh, what we got on the shelves. We're going to get into United States of Captain America number two. So we'll be, we'll be covering that uh, in our next podcast. Um, hopefully you enjoyed uh, our coverage of number one and come back for number two. So um, we'll be doing that next episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, I'm going to be standing outside of uh, the comic store waiting for a delivery uh, that Wednesday. Fantastic. Well, as always, Bob, it's been fun answering Q&A questions about Captain America with you. Yeah, it has. I learned a lot about you tonight, Rick, and uh, and I know what's on your fridge. <laughs> uh, yes, I have to go apologize to my daughter now. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Thank you.